Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. So there's this photo that came out in, I don't know when it came out, but it was taken, we think, in September 2018 at something called EagleCon. Um, and there's Michael Flynn at the head of the table there, surrounded by yeah. all these interesting people. And we'll go through who they are in a second. But um, set the scene for us, Dave. What is what is happening at this particular, uh, at this dinner or whatever meal they're having? Yeah, so um, this is um, related to the Phyllis Schlafly uh, EagleCon organization. This is basically, you know, the old Phyllis Schlafly group that, you know, came out of the opposition to the ERA movement back in the early 80s. And they went on to become very influential in terms of, you know, conservative policy and that sort of thing, and very tightly connected in with the um, uh, Council for National Policy and other, you know, right-wing policy groups. And so they had this um, event in 2018, and I guess it's an annual event, but this 2018 event was um, honoring Michael Flynn. Um, they were um, giving him an award, and if you look at the folks around that table there, I can identify some of them. But some of the key people include Jim Hoft from Gateway Pundit, who is local to St. Louis, um, Cassandra Fairbanks, who is a well-known uh, former Sputnik employee who is you know, a blogger and LARPer, that sort of thing. Uh, and then uh, Jack Posobiec, um, who is also Russia-linked, um, pushes a lot of Russia-related yeah. content. Um, and then, you know, various other folks in that circle, you know, tied to uh, Flynn and or to um, uh, the uh, Schlafly group. But, uh, you know, also in this Mike Cernovich, who's another one of the kind of Soviet uh, Fairbanks network, Mike Flynn Jr., who's Mike Flynn's son and is tied into this, Joe Flynn, uh, Mike Flynn's brother, um, and, um, you know, various spouses and that kind of thing. And it's, I think, quite notable that, um, uh, you know, the entire Flynn family is part of this enterprise, including Flynn's sister, Barbara Redgate. Um, they've been promoting this stuff just nonstop. So, you know, what's interesting about that is that it kind of shows, um, you know, just this network of people persisting over time and assisting each other in driving these narratives. Um, also at that event were um, Andy Biggs, uh, from Arizona, yep. who, you know, went on to be part of uh, the festivities a few weeks ago. Um, and, uh, you know, this is what you would, if you were just, you know, a somebody analyzing cells of people, you would look at this and go, this is your terror cell right here, you know. Mm. Um, and, Getting funding uh, you know, it's, from a, it's from a conservative out, you know? organization, a conservative organization that's tied to the Christian National Policy Group. Uh, um, you know, Our there's... Council for National yeah, Policy. Council for National Policy. But these, you know, this is a a conservative group that's been trying to set the stage for a, a radical change in our country. And they seem to be feeding these guys either a literal meal, but they also give them awards, they honor them, they bring them together. They're actually providing a setting where they can uh, communicate and build the QAnon uh, narrative. Yeah, exactly. And not only did they uh, give them an award, the award was named after... Um, uh, the guy who was tied to the Iran-Contra affair, um, which is, you know, insane. He basically was a, one of the co-founders of the CIA, um, had also helped found the OSS, 
and um, you know, then got embroiled in the Iran-Contra affair. So there's a direct connection. Yeah, the guy's name was uh, Singlaub. Okay. He's still alive. He's 99 years old. But um, uh, there's this CIA thread that goes through this whole thing that I can get into in more detail if you'd like. But um, you know, it's astonishing the tightness of this network of people and, and how they've persisted through time. See, I think it would be interesting to go to, but let's just speed, spend a little moment here about Charles Flynn. Here he is with Mike Flynn. Charles Flynn was the guy who was at the Pentagon meeting to deny the National Guard or to hold back the National Guard from uh, stopping the Capitol insurrection on, on January the 6th. And here he is with Mike Flynn taking what I think is some sort of oath related to the QAnon. QAnon oath. Yeah. yeah. That's the and, Q oath. Yeah, yeah, this guy said to the media that he was not in any way affiliated to his brother's uh, organization or his thinking, but yet clearly these photographs are telling a very different story about who he is. Um, yeah. He's been reassigned to the Pacific. And the, the army actually army lied about the fact that he was present at that meeting. At first they said he was not present, and then it turned out he was. Right. So we are looking at something Well, they might, might be, be investigating him. So, uh, you know, I, I think so. in his response, his response in that moment, that what did get come out in some reporting was, that I, and I believe this was his response, is that he was being called on the other, you know, the National Guard was being called and he was sort of in the room in the Pentagon of like, we need them, we need them, send them. And he says, no, it's peaceful. They're peaceful. Mm. There was this dissonance, right? And, and, the, and the Capitol Police said, not anymore. They are not peaceful anymore. So that also said to me, oh, this is really well planned. They, they had a story and a narrative in their own heads that they were set on of how this was going to work and what they were going to get away with. Um, I don't know how many people were read in on the violent planning, um, but certainly, you know, this idea that we're going to start at the, with the, where Trump is and we're going to, I always forget the name of that place. And then we're going to walk, go to the, march to the Capitol building and create such a noise out there that they'll have to stop what they're doing and listen to us. That was the plan that even the Pentagon was aware of and was okay with and was withholding resources because they, they couldn't, couldn't conceive that it wasn't going the way that it was so carefully planned, that there were people that had breached it and that our lawmakers were in, 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 in life and death situation. Um, and that that's the one vice scenario. president of the United States. Yeah, the vice president. That's one scenario. I'm just saying, if we want to give everyone credit for the, yeah. for what we hear them saying, without being suspicious about it, mm -hmm. it's you're still getting that out of that out of that very simple exchange. You're still getting um, knowledge at the Pentagon of what the whole intent was, knowledge of what was going to happen, right, and a, a sort of an order on some level to not deploy the national guard when people call because these are peaceful people. And that is exactly the horseshit that came flying out of Ron Johnson's mouth today. Mm. The exact, oh, really? the exact that, story, the exact story. There are peaceful people. It must be agitators that, you know, all this, you know, all this disinformation, which God bless Amy Klobuchar. As soon as she got out of that hearing, she tweeted, just so you know, that was all disinformation, right? Right. It's that's not what happened, and I think it's also why she started the whole hearing by getting everyone to agree, and they did. There was no pressure; they just willfully testified. Yep, it was planned. Yep, it was coordinated. Yes, it was violent. Yes, they were Trump supporters. Yes, um, because I think that's still not getting through some of the people's minds. 
that are yep. still very heavily involved in. I really do. I thought that, that I was great to, to establish that. Yeah, you know? strong at the top there. Me yeah. too. I thought it was amazing. Dave, I wanted to ask you this because I almost saw this in the Capitol Police, the former head of the Capitol Police, I can't remember his name now, that was there and he got a lot of Sund, questions. Sund, I think it was. Stephen Sund. Sund, yeah. Stephen Sund. Um, and you saw the Republicans kind of going for him like he was their guy and they were kind of, do you regret retiring, resigning? And wasn't it okay? And wasn't it this? And it was sort of like they knew ahead of time, this guy's the guy that's going to sort of support whatever, you know, however we're going to couch this to make it not seem as horrible as it was. And he was willfully kind of, yes, yes, he was going along. Um, and I thought, oh, I think this guy, I, I wonder if how much of this was a Capitol Police issue too, just in Capitol Police that if you're a Trump supporter, if you're in that MAGA information system and not in not in the rest of it, if you're if you're watching Infowars and you're watching Fox News on your time away from your job as a police officer, it's you might have that false narrative going as if it's reality for yourself as well. And what a disconnecting experience and disconcerting experience that must have been to all of a sudden see the thing, this thing coming at you to kill you and to run over you out of your own narrative. And I always feel like I was watching that dissonance on that man's face today. He's still trying to reconcile it. He's still throwing up the wrong sort of time period. He's still not quite accepting that he didn't call in the National Guard, that he didn't react appropriately there's still this reticence to sort of go, oh, wait a minute. We thought we were the good guys, but really we're the bad guys. Like they, they, they're not there yet. They're still in the, uh, but we're good people, but these were nice people, but we're good. But we, all we want is to support the president, but we're, and that's just crashed. January 6th, it just crashed right into, nope, you're violent insurrectionists. Mm -hmm. That's what yep. you are. You're terrorists. And they're not there yet. I don't think that guy that had the Capitol Police, former head, I don't think he's there yet. The new head of the well, Capitol Police is like, he's there. He's like, yep, it's a bunch of white supremacists and they're coming for us. Yeah. Right. But yeah. the former guy, less so. Yeah, no. And I think that, you know, we need also to get a full accounting of what was going on with that Capitol board that was supposed to approve extra resources yeah. and all of that. And then also uh, the members of Congress who were giving tours the day before and who are still serving in Congress. Yeah. What on earth is going on with that? You know, it's insane. So we, we really need to get to the bottom of all of that. Absolutely. I wanted yeah. to ask you about this one organization. Maybe I picked this up from a different site, so you might know, not know enough about this, but I'll throw it at you anyhow. The Elite Online Reputation Management. This is something I think Flynn was attached to, or someone in the in the Q hierarchy is attached. Does this strike a bell to you for anything? Does this strike a bell? Uh, ring a bell at least? I don't know that particular okay. firm. I'm familiar with another firm called Shadowbox that was okay. supposed to do similar things and yeah. which has some possible connections to the Q world. So these guys apparently, you know, they, they ran these shadow bot campaigns as a counter strategy. This was sort of their job. This is what they did in the real world. And what they did is they'd use targeted chaos to confuse your opponents. So if you had a, an issue that was being brought, in, brought into the light, they would sow the seeds of doubt and present the counter narrative that they are, in fact, the villains in, in whatever case uh, that might be. And that you have Do been you remember what accused. the name of, of the people associated with this I, were? I, I can get it to you later, maybe, but I don't remember okay. their names right now because I, I 
might be able to find it, but this is what I have right now, and I should have got it mm -hmm. checked with you before. But this whole idea of turning the the narrative around of the villain yep. being right. the, the the wrongly accused that seems to be exactly what. Uh, the whole QAnon thing is about. I mean, Donald Trump mm -hmm. has more connections to human trafficking than the Clintons uh, ever would. Um, <laughs> oh, and so, he, and so here you are. You know, he's the savior, but he's really the villain in the story. It seems like the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I've seen this this graphic before, and I don't remember where right now. But it's somebody in this universe of people. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I should take us off the graphic. Yep. I was asking you a question. <laughs> That's um, okay. Well, but. What you're, as someone just brilliantly, you know, our, our great followers, um, what I was taking all that time to describe is just denial, right? Mm. It's just the power of denial, um, you know, and you could just sort of see that these folks are still, they've still got one foot in there. They're not quite coming to terms with it. How much, Dave, it, you know, I know we get a lot of reporting on this, but just in your experience, how solidly sort of uh, when it comes to military and police, what level of problem do you think we have going on there with them being radicalized? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's difficult to say. I mean, one thing that we've noticed is that there are just a lot of people that were coming from that world that were involved with this. And that's easily documentable. Like that thread that I put out on Twitter, if you haven't seen it, it's, you know, I'm at Dave Troy on Twitter. It's my pinned tweet. You can go look at it. It's about 30 or so, 30 plus folks that have, are from that world that are involved in this. So one hypothesis is that because this kind of stuff was palatable to people from that world, it, you know, people in that world are susceptible to it. And so, you know, there might be a higher than average uh, number of people that are sort of sucked into this stuff um, within that universe. But another hypothesis would be that it was the very fact that it was being promoted by people with these kinds of backgrounds that uh, people, you know, within those worlds were drawn to it and, and actually felt validated about it. So I think it's probably some of each. Um, but uh, at any rate, you know, the question then becomes, um, you know, what's the what's the current issue with radicalization within the military? Um, and I think that that's really an open question. We don't really know the answer to that. But I think, you know, all of us here certainly were surprised that the Capitol was not as well protected as it was. And now that we're learning the reasons why, that there were infiltrators probably across multiple branches of government and the military, like that's a real, real ongoing concern. You know, what, what's going to be the next yeah. test of American security when we assume that we have the problem dealt with? And in fact, there's a, you know, a, a weakness because we have an insider threat. And I think that needs to be really honestly assessed. And I'm not sure entirely how we do that. But I think this gets back to the old Rumsfeld, you know, known unknowns and unknown unknowns. We now know that this is a known unknown and we need to pay a lot more attention to it than we did before where we just treated like an unknown unknown absolutely um i want to go through some of those names in your thread i didn't know Rumsfeld them... was pushing that that's a that's an old s thing that's an old <laughs> it comes out of, it's surprising comes out of he's a getting it from us yeah so, so <laughs> one of the names you have is uh, robert david Steele. like who is this guy who is he's oh uh, yes well robert david Steele is an interesting character he um 
apparently was associated with CIA. I've heard heard tell that he used to work at CIA. I've also heard tell that uh, he was just a contractor, so hard to say. But he started championing the idea of open source intelligence uh, around the early 1990s, which on its face sounds like a pretty cool idea. But um, over the course of time, he started to um, espouse a lot of pretty wild conspiracy theories. He joined up with a group called the International Tribunal of Natural Justice, which was founded by a Rhodesian rock star named Sasha Stone. Robert David Steele um, started promoting, um, you know, narratives with this ITNJ group uh, about uh, child sex trafficking, and also specifically about adrenochrome and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, the whole PizzaGate thing around that same time is when that started to get traction. And uh, he's written a ton of, you know, short books. You can see one of them here about pedophilia and empire. Didn't seem to spell pedophilia correctly. That's fun. Um, and, uh, you know, so a lot of these kinds of narratives came out of, of his uh, body of work. And he's been fairly central to a lot of different operations that have gone on. So, for example, uh, he ran for president uh, in 2012, I believe, um, at the same time that uh, Roseanne Barr was running for president um, under the uh, Peace and Freedom Party, I believe, in California. Uh, but he was running under the Libertarian Party. Um, and then he's also been associated with um, uh, Cynthia McKinney, who's a former Georgia congresswoman who has since gone on to become quite radical in her own ways, but mostly kind of seen as a left figure. So he's kind of right, she's kind of left. That's the other thing you see with these ops is that left and right really have no meaning. It's all about co-opting people for power. Right. Um, so uh, name, yeah, uh, he's, Steve, a, he's a critter. Steve, who's Steve? I don't even try the last name here. Pachenik. Steve Pachenik is Tom Clancy's former partner. Uh, Tom Clancy, of course, died a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Uh, but Steve Pachenik and he were working together on novels like The Hunt for Red October and some of uh, Clancy's earlier works. And, um, you know, he's uh, former, I, I think, uh, FBI, I want to say. I have to have the full list in front of me. But, um, you know, he's somebody that has a lot of background with intelligence operations as well as military stuff. And, um, you know, if you think about it, like a lot of the stuff that we've seen from like this Clancy universe, like Calm Before the Storm, that was something that Pachenik seems to have been associated with, as well as Red October. You know, we've seen these things before. It's yeah. like Tom Clancy books, you know. And so he's generally well regarded, but this guy has, has gone off the deep end, or are we saying that he's just... Uh, being co-opted by a by a movement here, I think maybe some of both. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. And all of it seems to come together okay. under the Infowars banner. Um, yeah. And and you know, go back to Alex Jones, at the, which we showed at the top of the show. I mean, there's a there's a feeling that this is, uh, you know, a pretty well organized uh, in, intelligence operation. If there's so many former intelligence people involved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point it goes from being kind of a coincidence that all these people are involved to being something that functions more like an intelligence operation because these people yeah. know, you know, how to run these things. And the other thing that, that you know, I, I know that I've done, but I know other researchers in this community have done is talk to people that used to work with these folks at, you know, CIA and FBI and places like that and ask them, you know, what happened to these people? And the, the short answer is that they used to be brilliant they went off the deep end at some point. They became alienated from the mainstream of their profession. They got 
expelled from organizations, usually under not great circumstances. And just like Michael Flynn, they've got a chip on their shoulder, you know? And so the, the idea that these kind of disaffected folks have gotten networked together and that some of them, or maybe most of them have been co-opted by, um, you know, hostile foreign powers, either directly wittingly, and some of them maybe unwittingly and acting more as assets than agents. Mm. Yeah, it seems quite plausible. Mm. Um, so I think that, um, you know, that that's kind of what it, it's got, gets to the point where if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, maybe it's a duck, that's right. you know? So What's the CIA right. thread? Can... Oh, sorry, go ahead. It'll be helpful. Oh, I was just going to say the the issue with this duck <laughs> is, is that it's, it's quite a duck. It, it's yeah. a duck. It's quite a duck. The issue with this duck is it's a secret duck, yeah. right? From a secret world, and this is why I did that piece with Greg Oliar a while back of give me secrecy and give me death, yeah. right? Because this is going to be the death of us, everybody, if we don't start educating Americans on what the intelligence community is, what it does, what the different agencies do. This, there's an entire educational process that needs to go on because a lot of these folks, if you're going down a rabbit hole where you're looking, it's asking you questions, right? Oh, it means you're looking for answers. It means something about your life or something about uh, the, even the circumstance that we are all in, but that crazy ass Trump presidency had people disturbed on some level that they were like, something, it doesn't seem right. Stuff isn't right. I need to go find some answers, right? And because they don't understand at all anything about our intelligence community, anything about what what we do, why they're important, how many different agencies, they, they, they went in there, they saw intelligence folks in there, they saw an intelligence. Oh, they're t showing me the secret world of the secret duck, right? And they fucking quacked with the fucking ducks, right? Yep. So they q q q quacked their way along <laughs> into this radicalization, and we've got to stop this. We have to stop this. This, yep. the, you know, it's we've got a real problem, and it's not, you know. There's shit that can, needs to come to light and it needs to come to light quick, especially around Donald Trump. And I've been calling for that for years. That guy's got files a, a mile long on him. Mm -hmm. Release it. Let yep. people see what's really going on. Let them see who he really is, what he's really connected to, what's really going on. It does not surprise me that we've got a big old Iran-Contra character in there. Because the other thing about these former intelligence officers that are now doing this and are now running a, a PSYOP on the American people and, and engaging in psychological experimentation without informed consent when you get into the platforms and you get into the algorithms. They're experimenting on people's brains and people don't even know it, okay? So those motherfuckers that are doing that, right? They don't do it for no coin. They're not doing that for free. There's money behind this somewhere. Mm -hmm. disgruntled and disaffected because they didn't end up taking what they developed at the NSA and going and creating the e-card that allows everybody that's driving in their car to, to send a little prepaid thing for a toll booth. That was a former NSA officer that came, uh, that came up with that technology. He's worth a fortune now. Not everybody gets to leave these agencies and make a fortune, nor did they make a fortune when they were in it. But they sure want it when they leave. And they're watching other of their buddies set up some kind of gig, set up some kind of hustle that works for them, and they can't make it happen. What was Flynn mm -hmm. doing? He was running around ready to commit kidnapping for 50,000 bucks. Mm -hmm. That's how cheap he was. Yep. 
mm-hmm. right? They're, 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 they want the money. They well, your point money. about secrecy, just real quick, I mean, that goes back a long time. Uh, D- Daniel Patrick Moynihan wrote a book called Secrecy in like 1998 about that very set of concerns that we need to basically uh, be more transparent uh, with our uh, intelligence services, that we need to educate people more about what it, what we do, you know, in the intelligence world and why it's valuable. Right. And, um, you know, we're, we're really failing on that front. And so right now, you know, with QAnon being the secret duck, I mean, one of the main things I think we can do is to expose it and go, well, actually, it's just this really stupid duck that was put together with these components and for these reasons. And can we just move on? <laughs> That's now? Right. You know? That's duck. <laughs> That poor duck's so. got like one wing that works and maybe one, you know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's in bad shape right now. It's, it's a full of duck shot. That, you know. <laughs> the other thing that we should be doing, one would think, is is cutting off the the access that the foreign intelligence agencies and whoever else might be constructing these have to us. I mean, it seems to me that it's crazy that yeah. Jack is still on a platform of any sort, Jack Pozobiak or, or any of these amplifiers that are still out there yeah. or that OANN is still available on cable networks. I mean, or on Newsmax, these things should be shut down. They should not be allowed to have the ease of access to uh, the American population because that's where the brainwashing is happening. And we saw pretty yep. well how deplatforming works when Donald Trump was taken off Twitter. That worked very, very well. Say what you will about it. It was worked a very, very successful thing oh, it's to do. Fantastic. Yes, yeah. we should do that with all of these players who are busy, you know, brainwashing American citizens. Yeah, well, and that's part of the reason, you know, we've been so gullible about people like Cassandra Fairbanks and Jack Posobiec, who basically live action role play LARP as journalists. Yeah. And then we go, oh, you yeah. can't take down journalists. They're journalists, yeah. you know, when in fact they're, they're not you know, working for foreign intelligence agencies, basically. So, Juliana you know, like Assange. we. Yeah, it's a similar situation, you know. Yeah, and we we have allowed people to use these shields when we need to be a lot more, um, you know. I think less naive, I suppose, about uh, evaluating this stuff and and the intentions that people have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're out of time. That was a fantastic hour and a bit. Uh, And I want to thank uh, Dave and uh, Sandy for dropping by. But uh, let's have a last word to you, Dave. What are you? What are your final thoughts here as we look ahead to to how we handle Q? Well, I I think that we are starting to maybe have a hook into getting this at least exposed a little bit because January 6th was kind of the real world boom that it was going to take in order to um, have some some actual surface area to grab onto with this. So I'm hopeful that, you know, with combination of things like today's hearings and then other inquiries into, you know, members of Congress that may have played a role that we may start to expose more of this. But I also think that, you know, this list of uh, former intel and military people that I identified and which, you know, reporters are starting to dig into more, that's going to become more material too, as we start to try to um, just document what this thing actually is. And it's, it's so stupid when you just kind of take it apart, but you have to demystify it, you know, get that, that secret duck yeah. out of the closet and shine some bright lights <laughs> on it and go, wow, that's, that's all this thing was, you know? So I think yeah. we're, we're making progress, but we have a long way to go. You know. your, your, your Twitter handle is at, at Dave Troy, and you're right. a disinformation specialist and a network analyst. And thank you very much for being on the show tonight. LB, last thank thought you, from sir. you. No, I just think that duck is a fucked up rooster, <laughs> right? And it is what it really is. It's that duck. And he's just, yep. he's just crowing, crowing, crowing. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.